And in our attempts and organizations to depersonalize and analyze everything, right? We, you know, it's not personal. We just can analyze it. We, we got to think logically, rationally. We neglect the reality of the emotional component in human behavior. I'm Janet Ioli, and you're listening to Power Presence Academy, practical wisdom for leaders. If you're looking for leadership mentoring, advice, or just a dose of inspiration, I've got you covered. Join me as I share leadership tips and lessons of experience from experts and from executives at the top of their game. This is your go-to place for all things leadership. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Let's go. I was watching an interview on TV with a pretty well-known commentator a few days ago, and I latched on to something that he said in the interview that I see over and over again in my work with organizations. The piece he was doing was on the great resignation and what's happening in organizations, and I think motivation and engagement and something to that effect. He was interviewing people about what they were looking for in jobs and what they were trying to get in the jobs that they were going after. And he asked this young man, he said, you know, why are you thinking of switching jobs? Like, why, why are you not happy? Are you not making enough money? Why are you thinking of switching jobs? And I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, obviously, because I didn't get it verbatim, but the answer kind of just struck me because it, it seems so apropos to what I see in organizations. And his answer was something like this. The leadership of my company doesn't inspire me. I want to work for a company where I wake up every morning and I feel inspired. Hmm. Now, I know that inspiration and motivation often is internal, right? And we don't rely on other people to inspire and motivate us, that we're self-directed and self-motivated, et cetera. But the reality is, and for those of you that work in organizations and are in leadership roles in organizations, the question is, do you feel inspired? And what's inspiring and what's not inspiring? And even some of the top level leaders in organizations that I work with confess to not feeling inspired. And if I'm not feeling inspired, then how am I going to motivate other people, the people that work for me to feel inspired? And what I know for sure, working with leaders and organizations over the years, and we're talking over two decades, is that we miss the boat on the importance of this inspiration factor in the leaders that we select. When we're trying to influence people to action, a fundamental part of a leader's job is setting an inspirational tone and inspiring others. I mean, that's a prerequisite. And that's a little difficult when we're not inspired and when we're not feeling inspired. But the reality is inspiration is part of a leadership job. Inspirer-in-chief is part of the role. Now, the deal is we get so caught up in doing stuff, day-to-day doing stuff, 
And what we forget about inspiration, think about inspiration. A big part of inspiring others is understanding, empathizing with, and evoking human emotions. And in our attempts and organizations to depersonalize and analyze everything, right? We, you know, it's not personal. We just can analyze it. We, we got to think logically, rationally. We neglect the reality of the emotional component in human behavior. Hey, folks, we all have emotions. And I know it's like, check your emotions at the door. You're at work. Well, okay. The reality is we're emotional beings. We make decisions on emotions. There are emotions that are evoked in us when someone treats us a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have them as a leader. I have them. And so you can't just stuff the emotional component and you definitely can't ignore it when you're thinking about inspiration. And so if you're not thinking about inspiration, I would argue you're not leading. Because inspiring others is a big part of the job. So I thought we could take a lesson from the Greek philosopher Aristotle. I love the Greeks because I grew up in Greece. My mom is Greek, so I'm part Greek. And so I always go back to the Greek philosophers who over 2,000 years ago described the importance of inspiration in his teachings on persuasion. So as he looked at persuasion, he looked at what constitutes the ability to persuade others. And that was inspiration, right? And in order to persuade others, you have to inspire them as well. And Aristotle described three components that help us have the ability to persuade others. And so I thought in today's episode, I would share those three with you. For some of you, you may have studied this before, so it may be a review. And for some of you, this may be totally new. And so let's take the 2,000-plus-year-old wisdom and see how well that applies today. So the first component, he labeled as ethos, or some of you may say ethos, but in Greek it would be ethos, which is this is a part of your ability to persuade and inspire is your own personal credibility, knowledge, image, and character. So those are an important part of your ability to persuade, right? Whether you're credible or not. So if you if people don't see you as credible, it's going to be hard for you to inspire and persuade folks. If they don't see you as competent, knowledgeable, they don't see you as having a certain degree of character, you're going to have trouble persuading and influencing folks, usually, right? And also the image that you portray. And unfortunately, some now in, you know, we can observe that some people have the image of having character and having the knowledge and the credibility. And that's a whole other episode. And that's a whole other story. We can break that one down, right? Is whether it's real or if it's image. The reality is what Aristotle was talking about is that this piece of ethos, your own personal credibility is really important when it comes to inspiring other people. In today's day, now there was no social media then, right? And so there was no television and and those sorts of things where we can actually create that image 
And that's, again, for another episode. The second component that Aristotle talked about was what he referred to as logos. Logos. And your logos is your ability to make a cohesive, easy to follow, rational and logical argument backed by solid information. So just think data, 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 which we love in organizations, right? Give me the data. Give me the data. Give me examples. Let me make a case, right? Make Make a business case. Make a rationalization. So that's an important piece of persuading someone or persuading people. You have to have logos, according to Aristotle. But the third thing that he put in there from these three components that are really, that is really equally as important is pathos. And pathos is your ability to understand the emotions and feelings of others and evoke them to action based on those emotions. I want you to think about for a minute. I'm going to say that again. Your ability to understand the emotions and feelings of others and evoke them to action based on those emotions. So you've got to be able to understand people and their emotions and connect with them in order to evoke them to action. And that those emotions are what are evoking people to act, not just the logic, not the laws. The data doesn't get somebody excited. The pathos does. And so think about this also, which I think is kind of interesting. The words empathy, sympathy, and apathy are all derived from the word pathos. So those all have to do with emotion. Whether somebody's apathetic, sympathetic, empathetic, it all has to do with emotional feelings, right? So the emotional state of people. While Aristotle asserted that any of these components can serve to persuade others to action, my experience is that in organizations, we rely more heavily on the ethos and the logos components and underestimate the power of genuine, and I mean genuine, not fabricated or manipulative or contrived pathos. The ability to move away from our own reference points, understand the feelings of others and what is important to others, refrain from judgment, and talk to others passionately from a place of that understanding, of understanding them, is powerful. So if you want to be more inspiring, here's the tip from this episode. One tip to be more inspiring. Take a look at how you tend to communicate with and persuade others to action. So just take a look at your own behaviors. Is it primarily based on your title and hierarchical authority? I'm the boss, your ethos. That's my credibility because that's my title. Is it based on your, well, that's, it's logical. It's rational. That's, look at all the data. Look at all the facts. This is how it persuades you. Look at, look at, I've got everything here. Logos. So are you using logos to inspire people? 
and think for a moment, how much are you using the pathos component of persuasion that Aristotle pointed out? If you find that you're neglecting the pathos part of persuasion, perhaps, perhaps what might help and what might make you a little bit more inspiring is to spend a little bit more time paying attention to and thinking about what others are feeling and tapping into that. But first, you've got to tap into it and know what others are feeling and understand it before you can tap into it. And when you tap into that, that is really inspiring to people. Feelings and emotions are an integral part of the human experience. And as much as some of us like to ignore them, as I mentioned before, they're there. So we can ignore them all we want. We can tell people to check your emotions at the door, but we're emotional animals. And you can see it when we're watching commercials. You can see it in the advertising industry. You can see it when we watch movies. What we're trying to tap into is the emotional nature. I mean, how many of you have watched commercials on TV where all of a sudden you're drawn to something because, oh my gosh, you know, there's a father dancing with his daughter at a wedding. And then all of a sudden that emotional piece is, if you're the daughter, that emotional piece is spurred in you. Or if you're the father, that emotional piece is spurred in you. Or if you're just anyone, that emotional piece is spurred in you. And then you start to associate yourself with whatever this product is. Now that's manipulation, obviously, right? So they're manipulating us to buy this product. But what I'm trying to point out is what they're trying to inspire you to do to buy the product is the emotional piece, not the logical, well, you need this product today. It's not the logical piece. It's the pathos piece that they're tapping into. And as a leader, that is an important piece to tap into. And I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm talking about human connection. So put yourself in the person's shoes you want to follow you into action. Do you know what he or she is feeling? And are you acknowledging that in your words? Because when you acknowledge that you know what someone is feeling in your words, and you say that you know it, and you show it in what you say, that's inspiring. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And always remember this. Every single moment, you have a choice in what you say, what you do, and how you make people feel. Pause and make those choices wisely and intentionally because every single moment, those choices are who you become as a leader. See you next time.